Welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast, your source for the latest information about your Army Black Knights, with your host, Sal Interdonato. Black Knight Nation, how's it going? This is the Liberty Bowl pregame podcast show, and our special guest today is Trent Steelman, former Army quarterback. He's now Eastern Kentucky. He's quarterbacks coach, and uh, Trent had uh, Trent had to go up against this West Virginia defense in week one of this season, so we're going to talk to uh, Trent about that in a second. We're also hoping to have Dustin Plumador, captain of uh, the 2001 Army football team, on, and also Steve Anderson is at the stadium, so we're just trying to get Steve live with a little uh, look in to see what uh, Army's going to be, uh, see the little venue and what Army is going to be up against Trent. I mean... We talked about this a lot in the last couple of weeks, but first that 2010, uh, 2010 Armed Forces Bowl, right? I mean, what's it like as a player to play in a bowl game? I mean, 2020 is a little different, but can you describe your experiences as far as just just the environment of a, of a bowl game for an Army football player? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that you just got to get through as a player is just the uh, the the hype going on during the week. You know, I obviously I don't know how they – approach this game this year with it being COVID and if they were able to get down there and do all the bowl festivities and not, I, you know, I haven't really been following along with that, but, you know, for us back in 2010, that was just the biggest thing for us is just keeping focus on what's ahead. And that's, and that's winning a football game. Um, obviously you got all the, uh, the festivities leading up to the game and so on and so forth. And, and that should be enjoyable for the players because I mean, these opportunities don't come around very often. Um, so you got to sit back and enjoy, but at the end of the day, you got to understand you got a football game ahead of you and you got to do what it takes to go win. Yeah. We were talking about the, uh, Josh McNary, uh, scoop and score in that game. And also, I mean, Steve mentioned, and I mentioned that that last pass there just kind of sealed to David Brooks. Um, is that a memory that kind of is still in your mind pretty fresh or what, what, what can you tell us about that? Um, oh that- yeah. Like it was yesterday and I could, I could still recite the play. Um, but, it, I mean, it was just uh, – it was very rewardful. I mean, and the fact that, obviously, we, we knew um, where we stood as a football team and we knew what we were capable of doing and just given the past of, of the Army football program, just being able to be in that position and, and kind of bring the program back to light. Um, you know, I think that was the biggest thing for us is just – understanding that we had done something special no matter the outcome but at the end of the day we had a bunch of dudes on that team that were that were fighters and that were winners and we knew if we were able to go out there and compete and and just wear them down that uh at the end of the day we'd be able to set history no doubt we we discussed uh on a prior podcast the talent that was on that smu team i mean there were eight guys that made the nfl and um you know guys that are still playing wide receiver in the NFL, guys who have had pretty long careers um, starting tackles. Yeah. In the NFL. So, I mean, you guys were going up against – that SMU team was pretty was, – was a pretty talented bunch, no doubt. They were. You know, they were. They had talent all over the field. Like you said, they had um, multiple NFL players, um, you know, dudes that could really play the game. But, you know, that's what was special about that team. We just had – a blue collar mentality. And honestly, you know, any team that we went up, up against that year, it was just another Jersey and another faithless opponent to us. And, and that's the mentality that I think, you know, coach Monken has really, really instilled in this football team, just, just really riding that underdog and, and just understanding that, 
these these dudes have a different mentality on on football and on the game of life, and you can use that. Yeah, welcome, Dustin, to the uh, pregame show here. Uh, we have uh, Trent Steelman. We're talking some uh, 2010 Armed Forces Bowl memories. But now we're going to also talk to, to Trent about what it's like to prepare against this West Virginia defense. Uh, Eastern Kentucky had them in the, in the opener. Just what do they bring to the table? I know they have guys who are going to play on Sundays on this defense, uh, multiple guys that are going to play on Sundays on this defense. Yeah, um, you know, just obviously from us scouting them for, you know, actually <laughs> probably months uh, just given that we knew we had solidified them on the schedule uh, in the upcoming season they're they're very talented up front you know they got two brothers that are were highly recruited out of high school um you know had sec offers but the those up front they are they're they're athletic they're big they're strong and they're powerful um but i think in a way Obviously, what Army does is going to is going to present some problems for that defense. Um, but if they're able to control the front and, and control the bigs up front and just do what they do, um, you know, I think they'll be able to move the ball a little bit on this team. But like I said, it's going to be I think the game's going to be won or lost at the line of scrimmage because, like I said, they're talented up front. Um, they're big up front. And they're athletic up front. Um, and they got some dudes I can run around in the secondary. You know, I know with what Army does, it's not going to be a, a huge factor, so to say. But. Um, you know, if those dudes for West Virginia in the secondary can get aggressive and, and come up to play, then uh, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a battle. But at the end of the day, I think Army's going to be able to at least present problems with what they do. It's crazy. The line has gone up to ten points now in favor of West Virginia. It was uh, seven. It went from seven to ten. So I mean, I guess there's a lot of people thinking that this will be you know West Virginia might roll in this game. But I mean, guys, what do you think about just? You talked about it, Trent just getting the offense going, and if if you can stay on the field with the offense and keep Army's defense off the field with some three and outs, I mean it's pretty much I think anybody's game. So, yeah, I mean obviously you know just given what uh or what conference West Virginia plays in, um, they've never seen anything like what Army's about to bring, and so if if Army can just stick to their battle of attrition and just like I said do what they do, pound the rock. And go three yards in a cloud of dust, in the old saying. Then um, I think they have a chance to wear this defense down. Um, it's just a different mindset, you know. You, as we prepared for the option this year, you know, playing Citadel, it, that was the biggest thing uh, in terms of preparing our defense. Is just understanding the mindset that every play is 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 a, is a grind, and every play is is physical in itself. And if they can get past that um, in the first series or two then they then they got a shot but if they don't buy into it then it, it could be a long day no doubt um just tell us a little bit uh you, you basically have gone home right to eastern kentucky and uh this was your first season that you wrapped up talk about the experience that you had going from you know jacksonville to eastern kentucky and getting back to to closer to home to coach i'm sorry you cut out uh, sorry uh just talk about the experience you've had going back home to coach, so to speak, at Eastern Kentucky and what that's been like. Oh, it's been awesome. Um, you know, we're – I got a brother and sister in Lexington, so it's about 20 minutes down the road, and then my parents are still in Bowling Green. So, you know, just being able, obviously, to do what I love and have the opportunity to do what I, what I love and, and spend time with uh, with the family, it's been uh, it's been very, very rewardful and, and just uh, – 
it just seems like one of the, one of the biggest blessings in the South. Like I said, I get to coach football for a living, and, and then having my boys be able to grow up with their with their cousins and their family and see them on the regular. It's been it's been awesome, man. And not to mention, I mean, the the, the city of Richmond, the town of Richmond, the program out of Eastern. I mean, it's 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 a story told program. I mean, it's one of the winningest FCS programs in, in the history of football, and. Uh, just being around that and, and around people and around a town that just loves football. It's, uh, it's been good. Awesome. Awesome. Th thanks for a few minutes, Trent today. really appreciate it. I'm sure. Are you get, you're going to catch the game, no doubt. Right. And be watching. Oh today. yeah. I will be watching. Awesome, man. Thanks a lot for a few minutes and all the best down the road at Eastern Kentucky. I appreciate it. Sal. It was good talking to you, buddy. Now we'll bring in, uh, Dustin Plumbinger, how's it going, Dustin? Going great. How you doing, Sal? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, just uh, today's matchup. I mean, we look at this bowl game, and it's finally here, right? When after the Air Force game, a day after the Air Force game, we don't know if Army's even going to be able to play in a bowl game, and now they have this matchup against Western Virginia. What are you most excited about for this matchup against West Virginia? I mean, for the for the guys playing, the guys who showed up. Uh, this season, in a lot of schools, a lot of kids didn't show up. A lot of them took that that option to go home, and that's that's their choice. Uh, but I'm proud of the kids for uh, of the guys for showing up to actually play a full season, for coming in, for committing to it. There's no guarantee that the season would last past the first week, right? We were all kind of wondering what might happen. Maybe something might pop up. Maybe each opponent you would start having its issues similar to you know BYU and Air Force had. There was no telling when the season was going to end, but these guys were all in it from the start. They played, you know, meaningful games every every step along the way. Played their best ball, every chance they got. Um, we suffered two losses against decent teams. One of them, a very good team, who arguably was in the playoff conversation. Uh, I I think it was a great season, and these guys really showed up. I think this senior class has got a lot to be proud of. If they win this game, that's an average of nine wins per season over the course of their career, which is it's just absolutely unheard of, right? I mean, you think back to. Um, you got <laughs> the, the era that these guys helped usher in and, you know, myself, my class, we were kind of at the, we failed to usher, usher that in, right. We were there for that first transition and it didn't, it didn't pan out. And uh, to, to, uh, to have had the success that they had, I mean, I'm envious, but proud and really happy for them and grateful that the right staff came along at the right time, the right combination of coaches, right combination of players, uh, with the right attitude, the right personality, uh, and just everything. It's, it's, it's just awesome to see see them get this game. I, I was talking with with Mike Vitti after the – or texting with him. Um, he was one of my close friends it, that uh, after the Air Force game and looked like the bowl game was falling apart. And I said something to the effect of, you know, be proud of this season. You guys have accomplished a lot. You know, that's cool. These guys get to go home and see their families they haven't seen. They've earned it. Silence. <laughs> and usually, usually he'll respond back, right? He's one of my, my, my brothers. And uh, to me, that said something. He's like, oh, okay. Uh, and then I started thinking more and more about it. I was like, you know what? There's gonna, something's going to happen. These teams is going to have to back out, and there's going to be an opportunity for Army to play. Good on these seniors and th th that class for just saying, you know, no, yeah, it's, it's a holiday. Yeah, we're on campus, but we're going to wait this out and see what opportunity comes our way. And sure enough, here it is, Liberty Bowl. This is the bowl that we all chased when we were in Conference USA and never made it to. Hmm. We had every holiday season, is, I think the CUSA champion had the, had the tie-in for the uh, Liberty Bowl. Wow. It was like Southern Miss, Memphis. 
uh, teams that saw a lot of success during that era, um, Louisville, but never us, right? We were never part of it. And here they are, like they they did what we couldn't do and just grateful for the, the types of guys we got there right now. Yeah, it, it's kind of to think that Army's playing in his fourth bowl game in the last five years. And even going back to Trent's days, um, you know, that 2010 bowl, that's five in the course of late 10 or 11 seasons. That's, I mean, I think that that 2010 team should always be remembered as a team that kind of got, start to get the winning feeling back in the program. And now you look at what coach Munkin's done. And I mean, uh, yeah, people could say, well, you know, look at the schedules and that kind of stuff. Um, you play who's in front of you and you play who you can get on your schedule during a pandemic year. You know, I mean, you just, and, um, you know, you look at the Georgia Southern team, they're, they, that, that Sunbelt conference is, is, is a pretty competitive conference to play in. I know it's not a power five team, but they played right with Coastal Carolina, um, who had a great season. So, I mean, you look at just everything they've, they've got done to this point to, to overcome, right? I mean, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, I mean, having, having played in a conference, a very difficult one, the conference USA was very difficult in the era we were there where 90% of the defensive players that started for some of those schools like Memphis and Southern Miss went on to the NFL. They were chock full of talent. It was like playing an SEC program, a mid-level SEC program every week. And so the talent, it, yeah, we've played good teams, but these guys are playing good teams too. And they're playing, and, and the, the, I think the biggest knock on going to a conference is that somehow they're going to catch on and how to defend the option. And it's just not true because year in, year out, it changes. Year in, year out, offenses, defenses change. Institutional knowledge is very rarely carried over in a lot of programs because there is so much turnover. And obviously players graduate. So not a lot is retained that, that's going to you know really help teams year to year to year other than get prepared to get your butt whooped, you know, stick your nose in the, in the dirt, fight these guys, fight the run, fight the option, play assignment football. But there's just because you did it the year before you had experience with it doesn't mean you're going to be any more successful the next year. So I, I think that we played some quality teams. I think that uh, you know, the argument that you know, Navy and Air Force graduates probably will, will sing the loudest about is this whole conference not a conference thing as to you know why our record is the way it is. Our record's the way it is because the guys showed up and they played, and that's something to be proud of. I, I, I don't see it. I, mean, I think this year we saw the, the downside, obviously, of not being a conference is t- bowl tie-ins. It's a yeah. very rare, you know, once in a lifetime circumstance where it didn't pan out for us. But otherwise, I think having the freedom to schedule who we want to play, where we want to play them, so that players can be you know close to their families wherever they they might be from, get an opportunity to play in front of Texas fans. Fans in the southeast, sometimes fans in the west coast. It's 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 that's worth worth it, in my opinion. I think to to have that kind of control over our future and to have the matchups we want to have. Yeah, I was looking at like this is a, an opportunity to play a power five school, which uh, this year, you know, unfortunately with Oklahoma, you didn't get a chance to play Oklahoma. That game was certainly being looked forward to for years. And you look at the the. This uh, in the recent Munkin era, you know, they really played these Power Fives pretty tough. Going at Oklahoma in the overtime, going to Michigan in the overtime. So, um, you know, maybe this is a chance. I, I was right, and maybe this is a chance for this the senior class to get that kind of yeah. The no doubt the Navy and Air Force wins are signature wins, but this is more of a could mm-hmm. be a signature win for this program more on the national level, and people could see maybe this team you know, deserves. I know. Maybe the coaches and the players don't care about this much, but deserves to be considered a top twenty-five team this season. Um, it, it's um, for their team goals, I think. I, I think it's what they care about. But I think you're absolutely right in, in trying to get that marquee win against 
a, a recognized established power five team. It's something we've hunted after for a very long time. Uh, we were heartbroken my freshman year. And we lost to Notre Dame on a last second field goal. We've all wanted that. And we've come up so close so many years. And we played Ohio State really tough just a few years back under Coach Monk, and people forget about that one, right? Mm -hmm. We've been knocking at the door for this for a very long time. And yeah, we'll, we'll beat a Wake Forest on occasion at Duke, we'll, we'll, but the really the kind of the traditional power programs, obviously a top five, something like that we'd love to knock off, but this counts. This is a very good program with a great tradition. These kids deserve that shot. I mean, they've, they've earned it, right? They've showed up, they've been here, they've been playing all year in the face of something that none of us ever imagined they they deserve this and if they get this win amazing like what a what you know what icing on the cake could you could you ask for it to be any better than that for these guys no doubt on the field what's impressed you about this team this year so far making their own luck i think one thing that that we always struggled with in my years whether it was running the option or the spread was turnovers and a lot of times the ball would just bounce the wrong way. You got to make your own luck. I think that uh, the turnover battle is obviously highly important, but at the same time we make our own breaks. You saw that in the Navy game where um, you know, we kept their turnover and they missed out on ours. I mean, those are game changing moments. I, I think that's something that this team's done well with. And Trent's team in 2010, uh, they really stood out against the teams that they were on on either side of them because that, that turnover ratio, the breaks were on their side because they, they made it happen. That was the, the key difference for, for them versus the other years that those guys played, and they, they saw the success of that. My teams, we unfortunately never could <laughs> could, uh, could hang on to the rock as well as we needed to and, and get those breaks as much, you know, make them for ourselves uh, as much as we needed to. These guys do that, and uh, the weeks they don't, it doesn't work out for them. The weeks they do – they're on it. I think the other big key, I think Trent hit on it, is the line of scrimmage. You can tell with an option team, I feel like during the first couple series, how well they're going to do in each half based on where their heels end up at the end of each play. Are they moving that line of scrimmage forward? If the line of scrimmage moves even just a yard forward from the start of the play to the end of the play, they're probably gaining three or four yards a pop. And if they're doing that, then yeah, it's going to be a very good day. I think if we, if we happen to come out against this team and they're playing a defense similar to what Houston did a few years ago, where they're playing three yards off the ball and giving us that buffer, it's going to be a long day for them. Right. So yeah. I, th I think that's, that's one of the first things I always look for whenever an option team's playing is, is how's that line of scrimmage moving. And, um, and I think defensively as well, I think we've got a fantastic nose guard who's been playing lights out his last couple of games look remarkable, single-handedly shut down the run against Navy just by owning the, the Navy offensive interior. It, you know, assuming everyone's healthy, assuming that there's yeah. you know, something else this team's been very good at or Mon Coach Monk has been good at is not letting the word out on, uh, you know, injuries or COVID protocol. We don't know who's going to be there week to week. We, some like 50 guys are out against Navy or some crazy thing. Like, crazy, who yeah. knows? But hopefully the last two weeks have given us a chance to heal up and be quarantined long enough to – to get our best team out there and the best guys out there. Yeah. People are asking me who's going to be the starting quarterback. Um, you know, today it will be Ty or Tyler will be Christian Anderson not being on site. I don't really, you know, I can't, I can't give you that answer. I, I can, I can probably say that if Ty is healthy, I think he could be the starting quarterback only because, um, Dustin, the last couple of weeks, the chunk plays haven't been there, right? I no, mean, they really haven't had the chunk really much triple option. Everyone's preparing and talking about the triple, but we really haven't run it this year. We haven't run it the last couple of years. I think we've run it since Kelvin left, really. He was, he was the last one to really run the true triple week to week. And that 
to some degree that that uh, reduces uh, the number of weapons at our disposal, but at the same time, it, it also simplifies our task. And we've got a hell of an offensive line with a lot of talent. We have a fullback room that's four deep with NFL talent and has been for the last five years. I don't know any other program other than maybe Alabama who's had that in any position room at any given time. Yeah. It's remarkable. We have a lot of talent there that, yeah, that, that just that goes to our strengths. So I, you see a lot of power running throughout this season, and offensive linemen love it, fullbacks love it. Um, I think Army fans love it. It's something we've we've uh, always prided ourselves on. These guys can do it. So I, I think maybe we'll see some triple. Maybe in a couple of weeks and the guys are healthy enough, we'll see a little something different. But for Tyre, obviously he hasn't been in the quarterback position as long as the others. It may not be something we go to with, with him. Yeah, I look at um... – you always want the offense, obviously, you want to hold the ball as much as you can on your early drives. And I'm looking at for something different, right? Because I can pretty much guarantee almost the first play Army's going to run, if Sandy McCoy's in the backfield, they're going to run a fullback dive just to test the, the line out, right? Most of the time. But I'm, I'm thinking, why not, if he's healthy and he's ready to go, Anthony Atkins needs to be a factor in this game because he's just different. You know, he's just a little bit more athletic than possibly the other fullbacks and he can get out in space and break off a run. And I think that they're going to need a chunk run from, from the full, from the fullback position in this game, just to keep drives going. Yeah. Yeah. You like going three, three and three, but what happens on fourth and two, you know, no doubt coach Munkin's going to go for it. And what if, and it'll probably be close to midfield or where if you don't get it, then that's going to turn the tie of the game. So I think they they really have to get the, the full established the fullback, but also try to get. I think Atkins needs to be a factor. In get this multiple, game. get it up, get in the hands of multiple guys in the fullback room because, like the war horses, as Mike calls them, I mean, they are right four deep of, of talent between Cade, Jacoby, Anthony, Sandin. I mean, just those four alone, fantastic players. And there's more in that room ready to go. Like, yeah, and up mentality is ready to go. But I think, yes, establish the fullback early. Rotate him through, keep him fresh, keep him healthy, and just slice these guys any possible way we can. A lot of counters, a lot of power runs. Keep them guessing, keep the defensive linemen you know, a little more flat-footed, trying to read whatever they can read, and knock them back. I think, I think we're going to see some, some – if we show up, which we haven't always, but when we do, which has been more often than not, way more often than not under Coach Monken – I, I think you see a really good run game. You see the fullback established. You see an offensive line frothing at the mouth. Um, and that's that's just one side of the ball, right? I mean, my yeah. God, the defense has been lights out this year. Just fin- fantastic. Couldn't ask for better. So I think I- yeah, it was like the defense kind of unexpected, you know, with the, the losses that you had on defense and what you were bringing back, and you have a first-year coordinator, and you just have guys that are just playing their playing their responsibilities, not being too cute about it, just going out there. You talked about Nolan Cockrell clogging up the middle. We talk about Radigan and Eric Smith being the inside backers. Man, they just have it. Those guys are pretty consistent every year. You have two good, solid inside linebackers, and the secondary, you know, has been kind of banged up or guys not being able to play in and out. And you have guys like Cam Jones really stepping up and doing a good job. Those safeties have been consistent, Broughton and Cunningham. That helps. The corners have been shifting Mm -hmm. on and off. But um, Jabari Moore is a player. And, uh, you know, they go opposite. You go Julian McDuffie. You can go Jabari Bordeaux. You can go Cam Jones. They're deep there, too. Um, I want to ask you about this as an offensive lineman. Um, We were on a podcast with the 95 team, and there was some talk about first play just going to cut the entire (laughs) – 
just cutting everybody on the first play just to give yeah. them a little bit of a, a feel what they're going to be at uh, going up against today. Uh, I mean, only one guy can be called for a penalty, right? I guess yeah. if, they, if they call. But, I mean, what, what do you think about that kind of a attitude or strategy to, to start the game off? Yeah, I, I think going back, like uh, Coach Ellerson, I think one, one of his mantras that made sense to me partially was that he could take a defensive lineman and make it into an offensive lineman. And he liked doing that. I, I don't think body type you can do it, but certainly mentality. I think that's the difference between an offensive lineman and a triple option or a run-based offense versus a more traditional passing offense. you got to be way more aggressive. you got to be on your toes, moving forward, a 1,000% animal. Like an offensive lineman and a passing offense is much more of a passive-aggressive type thing where it's, you know, come on, come on, come towards me, and I'm going to blast you. This is very different. This is, you know, coming after you, coming to kill you, coming to hurt you. If, if our offensive line shows up like that, and we always try to when we play, firing off the ball in the first play, looking to just knock someone out every single play of the game, and they can maintain that level of intensity, it's going to be a great day for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's obviously – I know you and obviously me, we'll be watching that offensive line. Some of that, sometimes those guys don't get enough credit. They don't want any credit, really. They just want to move the ball and win, right? I mean, you look at – they have three seniors on that offensive level. And good really. Players. Really, it's not their culture to want the credit in that room. That's that's what's very unique about them. And it's, uh, you know, very blue collar. Uh, they they match the fullback room in terms of mentality, and you got to love that about them. Just great guys, hardworking, salt of the earth. Is a blue collar. Roll your sleeves up and and let's go. And uh, yeah, I I've been very impressed with with those guys. I just they've had you know they have turnover and rotations, and this year's been. This, Last year it was injuries. This year it was for different reasons. Uh, but uh, when they show up, they show up. And there's some guys, there's some real dogs in that room, some guys that show up and you see it every play. Dean Powell being one of them, one of my favorites to watch. Because when he comes in, the kid comes in hard. He, he changes the pace of the game and the pace of that unit. And you got to love that when it's not just the starting five who can fire up or who can, can make a difference like that. Uh, some great talent. Big bodies, rangy bodies, the types of bodies you'll see in Power 5 locker rooms walking around. We've got it, them. Yeah, it's crazy because the guys that are younger coming up, like a Jordan, Booby Law, or mm -hmm. a Connor Fanukin, those are guys. Hugely, hugely impressed with Jordan to come in. And wait, I mean, that's a guy who – violent. I just you see, He jumps off the screen at you. You see some of the things he does, and he's like, whoa, whoa, where did this guy come from? Yeah. <laughs> He's out just smacking guys, going up to the second level and looking for, for hunting, just hunting, you know, head hunting, looking for somebody to take out and knock on their, their tail. You got to love that. And when the guys show up like that, those are our best games. When we lack that, we don't do as well. I think that, you know, looking at Jordan Law, he has the potential to be almost, he has the body frame to be almost like a Brett Toth from a couple of years back, you know. Brett Toth was always, he was a smart guy. He was always a guy that can get to the second level and yeah. knock people down and i think that only a freshman wow and like he's he's gotten put in some pretty pressured situations um mm -hmm. you know, look at last last game against air force he went the he went the distance he didn't yeah. take he didn't take step off you know so and you never know with guys in that age range especially a school like west point some of those guys it just their eating habits change their living habits change their training habits change and they can yeah they can they can do exactly like brett toth where they start very scrawny compared to what they end up looking like. Right. And he could be one of them and he's a growing boy. We'll see what he ends up being and uh, see how they all develop. But there's a lot of talent there, a lot of talent in that room and a lot of great, great guys.
Yeah, I think uh, Jordan Law was a center in high school, and I think he might have even played a little center at the prep school last year too. So he's had to maybe move to a different position, but definitely been effective. Um, what do you overall? What do you see? Um, what's kind of a prediction, or how you see this game playing out? Do you do you think that Army is going to be able to? Um, you know, because West Virginia, you know, we talked about their defense and their offense is no joke either. They have a running back that's you know close to a thousand yards in nine games, and you know they, they kind of spread out. They're a little bit multiple. You know, they're not going to run seven. Yeah, you know, they'll, they'll they can throw it too. Their quarterback's been pretty accurate this year, so. I, I can't make predictions on score. I, I never like doing that because I'm almost always wrong. But it also really depends on who shows up, um, you know, who's 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 going to be able to play, and then how healthy we are. We'll, we'll see how we show up. I think we'll show up well, and the guys will be ready to play. Um, I think we're going to end up. I think we'll win the game. I, I feel very very strongly about that. But I think it, it's either it could be a uh, it could be a shootout like OU, or it could be. It could be maybe not a Houston, but something more comfortable where uh, we catch him flat footed. We catch him not, you know, maybe not wanting to go to distance with us. But I, I don't think it's going to be an issue of these of our guys not showing up as a matter of desire. I, I, I don't think we're going to going to see that. And I don't think it's going to be something like we saw with with Michigan, where we were just about there, but a little bit flat in some areas and just couldn't close it, close the deal. I, I think I think today will be different. We've we've shown the you know, these guys have already demonstrated the ability to do that. So um, I, I've. Uh, a very positive outlook for today. I'm getting the tequila ready, in fact, to uh, celebrate with some of the guys. So, yeah, you look at the last three wins. I mean, all that have been decided late fourth quarter. The, you know, they used fourth quarter warriors. They've been known as in the past, and uh, you know, they're just if they can get to the fourth quarter with the game close, uh, you know, we we gotta have you gotta think that they're gonna be able to find a way to pull out this game. So, uh, really appreciate you hopping on, Dustin, for a few minutes. Yeah. And, um, Black Knight Nation here. We'll have a post game show after the game. Also, have a post game podcast. Uh, I'll be uh, tweeting away once the game starts, and you can follow us all over the social media platforms on Facebook. Um, we're on Facebook, yes. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram, and we're on every single audio stream you can think of. So we're on Spotify now. We got we're getting the word out there. Really appreciate um, you popping on, Dustin, and the, and we'll get you back on soon to talk about some Black Knights football. Sounds good. Next time, don't let me follow somebody as established as Trent in the world of football, though, all right? You're going to look like a fool with uh, some of his level of knowledge here. <laughs> awesome. Right on, man. Love talking to you, buddy. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to the Black Knight Nation podcast with your host, Sal Interdonato. For more information on your Army Black Knights, visit blackknightnation.com.